And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones. And we thank you for being part of today's program, as we have titled it, The Simplicity of Christmas. So we hope that you can stay tuned and be part of the program. And those of you that follow us on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can be part of it. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this holiday season. Uh, I know this program might air uh, later than Christmas, but uh, Lord, it's still part of the season where we remember your birth. We don't know what day exactly you were born or what season, but we do know, Lord, that you were born. You came to earth as a man and died uh, for our sins and rose from the dead so that uh, we may put our faith and trust in you as Savior. We thank you so much for your great sacrifice, your great love for us, in your precious name. Amen. 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 Again, you're tuning to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones. Again, we're talking about the simplicity of Christmas. So stay tuned for today's program. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, to the program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Hey, brother. Always good to be on. How are you? Uh, and, and a merry early Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that, we're recording this a little early, folks. So if you're wondering why you're listening to this in January, you're like, Merry Christmas. Because uh, Vic and I got some holiday weeks ahead, so we're recording a little ahead here. But I think that uh, you'll still be blessed as you look back upon Christmas and, and just marvel at just the many miracles that the Lord uh, did by you know, coming to earth as a baby, a defenseless help. The God of the universe is a defenseless baby. To me, that blows my mind. And I could talk about that all year long. How about you, Vic? Oh, absolutely, Nathan. And, you know, Nathan, it's interesting how people celebrate uh, the holidays. I'm originally from the Dominican Republic. And believe it or not, Nathan, we actually celebrate Christmas all the way through the new year uh, with uh, with the three kings and the wise men. So actually, for us, Christmas does go a little bit longer than how we celebrate it here in the U.S. So for individuals that, are, that are, will be listening to this program, if they're from a Hispanic country, they'll be right on time. <laughs> oh, man. Does that mean you get like, presents more than just Christmas Day? <laughs> exactly, Nathan. We get to celebrate it further. <laughs> oh, man, that must be expensive. It, it, actually, it is, but it's, it's, a, it's a fun way to celebrate. And Nathan, oh. talking about celebration and information, also just maybe in case someone is new to our program and they don't know what we do and how they can get a hold of our resources, can you share that with them? Absolutely. Well, folks, we welcome you to The Truth Will Set You Free. It's the podcast outreach of Lamb and Lion Ministries. Vic and I are evangelists with Lamb and Lion Ministries. It's a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Uh, most people recognize our, our ministry through our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which has been airing since 2002. This podcast since 2010. And uh, so we've been on the air and on the uh, uh, media streams for many years now. We hope you'll check our website out at ChristInProphecy.org. There you'll find a wealth of information about our ministry, but particularly our message, which is the, the excitement about Jesus coming back. We have so many articles about Bible prophecy, videos, uh, media, social media. we got a newsletter, a magazine you can download. Uh, we've got so many materials there just to 
help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And like us, get excited about Jesus' soon return. So again, check our website out at ChristInProphecy.org or download our Lamb Lion app. Nathan, that is amazing. Thank you so much. And yes, we'd encourage those of you that are part of a program, take advantage of these wonderful resources. You will be blessed. Nathan, speaking of blessed, uh, you know, when we celebrate the holidays, I know that for some, uh, it tends to be a little bit stressful uh, because I find that today we, we complicate things so much, especially the holiday or especially Christmas, when in reality, it should be something that shouldn't be so complicated. And that's why when we look at the story of Christmas, Nathan, I just love to read the story for its simplicity. It just speaks volumes simply by reading the word of God, right? Oh, absolutely. You're right. We make we make Christmas too complicated, I think, because we've added so many elements in it over the centuries. I mean, it's supposed to be a, a reminder of what the Lord did by I mean, we're talking about the God of the universe, all-powerful, almighty, omniscient, omnipresent, omnibenevolent. I mean, he, he's all-powerful, and yet he gave up some of his power for a short time to come down as a helpless human baby, to, to live in a womb for nine months, the ultimate in helplessness, and then grow up as a human. And, and so he's both divine and man at the same time. And, and even after Jesus died and resurrected, his glorified body is still humanity and divinity combined. So he he's put himself into a human body for eternity. And uh, I don't think most of us realize the sacrifice that Jesus made to himself by doing that. But because of his great love for us, because of the need for the perfect sacrifice to die on our behalf for our sins and take God's wrath away, as John 3, 36 says, it's, uh, it's just the ultimate act of love. And we remember that. So yeah, is Christmas Day December 25th? Probably not, no. More likely Jesus was born in the, the spring or summer. We don't know for sure, and we don't even know the exact year. It could be 4 BC all the way up to 2 AD, uh, so we're not too sure exactly, but we picked a day to remember it. So for those who you know get upset that you know we're celebrating Christmas in December, well, there's no need to because, again, it's just a memorial day. It's a time to remember. Nathan, that's well put. And that's why I love about those reminders. You know, when it's someone's birthday, they tend to be the center of attention. And uh, Christmas is the birth of Jesus. He should be the center of attention. But somehow, Nathan, we think that we should be the center of attention. So we get mad when we don't get what we want. <laughs> well said, brother. Well said. You're right. Because we've turned Christmas into about ourselves. Uh, it's so sad. Uh, all the TV shows out there, you know, like, oh, Christmas is about family. Well, yeah, I guess that's a part of it, but it's not the central part of it. It's about giving gifts. Well, we only give gifts to commemorate what the wise men did in giving gifts to Jesus. Uh, and, so, and the reminder that Jesus is the ultimate gift. So uh, you're right. We've complicated it and we've done it to ourselves. So we only have us to blame, right? Well, Nathan, absolutely. And that's why as we turn to the story in the Bible, and we want to encourage individuals that are part of this program to do the same, if they can grab the Bibles and go to Luke chapter 2. Because Nathan, again, when we read the story here, we find that it's not really about us. It's really about Jesus. It's about those that are part of the story, if you will. And I encourage individuals, Nathan, especially for the holidays, to take time to read the story uh, together to the kids and, and to refresh themselves in the simplicity and the beauty of this. So that's what we're going to look, do as we look at Luke chapter 2 there, beginning on verses 1 through 7. 
Nathan, will you be able to open us up there verses one through four and I'll do five through seven in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Absolutely. So Luke 2, chapter, uh, starting with verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. The census first took place when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Verse 5, and it says, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth a firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a, in a, in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Nathan, what a beautiful story. Uh, my daughter, Hannah just had her first baby a few weeks ago, very close to Christmas. And Nathan, when she was showing me the pictures of the baby and I saw the joy in her face and just how happy she was to have this little child in her hand, it just reminded me again here of Mary, the wonderful picture of her holding baby Jesus and the simplicity of that. Oh yeah, man, your new baby, grandbaby Leah is so pretty. Uh, we showed pictures around the ministry, too, and celebrated along with you. So, yeah, a baby is a, a great time to celebrate. But we, we see here uh, at the time of Christ's birth that there were some complications that came in, right? Uh, Caesar Augustus, who was the, the head of the Roman Empire, demanded that everybody go out and, have, and go to their birth, their family's birthplace, which for Joseph and Mary would have been Bethlehem, because uh, that's where their ancestor, King David, came from and to take a census to see how many people were in the Roman Empire. So it's interesting that we, we get some timing here. For one, Caesar Augustus has to be Caesar, and so we know about the time of Jesus' birth there. We also know when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and it says first took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. He actually was governor, and then another guy took his place, and then Quirinius came back to be a governor again. So that helps narrow it down even more to about four to zero BC is, is about the time we know then. And so we have a time period. But we also know that uh, Joseph and Mary were living up in, in Nazareth, which is way up uh, in the Galilee area, about 70 to 80 miles from Bethlehem. So here we got Mary, who's nine months pregnant. Joseph, who's her betrothed, not even her husband yet. It's legally her husband, but they hadn't consummated the marriage because that was the culture at that time period in the Middle East. And they had to travel all those miles just so he could be registered in Bethlehem. And that means that everybody in the entire Roman Empire was traveling to their hometowns. So, man, you can imagine the traffic, <laughs> how busy it was, and uh, as we'll find out why there was no room in the inn. Nathan, and that's a very good point. And that's why, again, as we read the story, uh, thank you for giving that uh, background information. And it does help to pinpoint more or less the time frame. But I love what you said. We don't know the exact time or date. That's not what this is about. It's the fact that he was born, that he came to uh, to be as it was prophesied in the scripture. And Nathan, I was catching the program that you and Tim were doing uh, regarding Christmas. And I just love the statistics that you share. How many prophecies foretold the birth of Christ. Oh my goodness, yes. There were 300 general prophecies and 109 distinct prophecies, detailed prophecies that foretold the first coming of Jesus Christ. And brother, Jesus filled all 109 in perfect detail. 
Matter of fact, mathematician Peter Stoner calculated that the probability of just eight being fulfilled in the life of one person was one in 10 to the 17th power. That's one followed by 17 zeros. And that's just eight of the 109 prophecies. So uh, there is no doubt that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. He fulfilled these prophecies exactly. I love that. And Nathan, as we look at the story here, we also see the the characters that were involved according to scripture there from verses 8 uh, through verse uh, 14. Uh, let's pick it up, Nathan. I'll do verses 8 uh, through 11. And if you can do uh, 12 through 14, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Absolutely. Yeah, verse 8 says in Luke chapter 2, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings, I love that, of great joy, which will be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Woo. Nathan, you know, uh, for those that have a Bible, maybe the red letter Bible, if they do, I just love uh, verse 11 because it speaks about the mission. In other words, this is. What Christmas is about. Verse 11 says, for there is born to you this day, a city David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Not just any baby, not just any birth, but he is the savior of the world. That was his mission. That's why he came. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the king of the universe. And it's, it's just amazing how many points to how humble his origins are here. For one, we've got Mary and Joseph who were super poor. I mean, Joseph was a carpenter, which was considered a poor day laborer type job. And it was a skill. But, you know, Mary is probably at the time period, 14, 15, maybe. So we got a very young couple, no money. They've had to travel all this way. There's no room in the inn because, again, everybody's having to travel around and register for the census. Uh, but so what do Mary and Joseph do? They're, they're able to find a manger. And so we, we hear about that in Christmas. And I think most people know that a manger was where they kept the animals. They, it was a likely, a, especially in Bethlehem area, there's a lot of limestone caves. And that's where the people used to keep their animals. So we're talking about the, the bay put in a, a uh, we'd have a barn, you know, a, a wooden structure, but this was likely a cave area, a manger, which is a feeding trough. And the babe is wrapped in swaddling clothes. Swaddling clothes were just ripped up strips of linen, often used for burying the dead. So here they, they didn't even have a blanket for the baby. They had to use rags and wrap him up in it just to keep him warm and put him in a food trough. I mean, brother, that's about as humble as you get. And the angels went to shepherds. Now, even lower than a carpenter were the shepherds. They were the almost the outcasts of society. They were considered stinky and dirty, and they weren't really wanted. People didn't want them in their towns. Matter of fact, when... Uh, uh, Joseph's family came to Egypt. The Egyptians were appalled because, oh, shepherds coming into Egypt? And it hadn't changed by Jesus' time. Yet God sent the angels to give the message 
to shepherds. Now, these were particular shepherds. They were the shepherds of the temple who were in charge of taking care of the Passover sheep. So this is a look forward to what happens when Jesus will be wrapped in swaddling clothes or wrapped in death rags, and he will be the sacrificial lamb, the ultimate one, that will take away the sins of the world. So everything that happened at Jesus's birth points to his death. Nathan, and those, those are amazing details. And this is, again, why we are bringing uh, this to individuals' attention. Because Christmas, when you really look at it, it's a time of humility. It's a time of being thankful. It's a time of appreciation. And Nathan, I have to say, most of us, uh, I'm so blessed. My daughter, when her baby was born, she was in a beautiful hospital, a clean environment. Everything was sanitary. But when we look at the Bible, when you look at the, the, the king of kings, God himself, the humility to come and he was born in a manger. And I think, Nathan, what that does is that it puts Christmas at everyone's level. And I think there's people that say, well, I can't really celebrate Christmas because I don't have much to give. I don't have a lot of money. I don't have. Uh, and, and then here we realize it's not about that. It's about recognizing what God has done. It's not about the gifts. It's not about lavish things, but it's about uh, the savior of the world that has come to us. And, and I just love that, Nathan, when you pointed it out in terms of humility. Oh, yeah. wonderful. You said, because it's about the ultimate gift being given. Sure, we give gifts to commemorate it. And, but, uh, you know, you're right. It puts the focus on us. It's the focus really should be that Jesus came and as a baby, he he gave up his power in the universe temporarily to be a baby and to die for our sins. That is just, it's the ultimate gift, brother. It is really the ultimate gift. And everything else about Christmas, trees and reindeer and stolen and, and family and gifts even, pale in comparison to what Christmas is really about. Mm. And Nathan, I think what I love about the story here is when you think about where Jesus was born in a trough, uh, you know, uh, I guess the encouragement for anyone that's part of this program is, you know, if you're able to do anything in the name of Jesus for Christmas, uh, God will honor that. It doesn't have to be anything lavished or big, just as long as we know that we're doing it for him. And I think, Nathan, that's my focus this Christmas is remembering that it's really about Jesus. He is the center of attention. It's his birth. It's his celebration. Then we notice, Nathan, all those that celebrated, as we looked at verses uh, uh, 15 to 20 uh, in the Luke, would you be able to take us through, Nathan, the, the first three verses, 15 through um, 17, and I'll do 18 through 20? So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, well, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Verse 18, and all those who heard it marveled, I love that, at those things which were told by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God 
for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told of them. Nathan, that, that's, I mean, that's a, a, a shocking enough passage. These angels are part of the story. Uh, all these uh, uh, miracles happening. And God brought this to the lowliest of lowly, humble individuals, not to the kings, not to the uh, Caesars, but to the shepherds. I just love that. Why do you think that the Lord went to the poorest of the poor instead of the richest of the rich? Well, Nathan, and I think that, you know, when, when we read in Matthew chapter four and we see the ministry of Jesus, he always went out uh, to uh, 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 heal the sick and to and the poor and, and the lame. Those people that were reachable and knew that they had a need. So I kind of see part of that in here. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I mean, he says uh, the Bible says that the God chooses the humble things, the poor things uh, to show his power and might. And he knows, too, that the poor don't have anything. They are ready to accept his message and accept his salvation. But he said that it's, it's very difficult for the rich, uh, especially the story about the rich young ruler, uh, that it's almost impossible because they feel they have the, everything they need. They don't feel like they need salvation. And, and that's a message for our society, which is so wealthy. I mean, incredibly wealthy. When the poorest of the poor in the United States is richer than most third world countries. And yet... Mm -hmm. Yet we have uh, grown cold towards the gospel message. But where is the gospel message flourish? In places where the people are poor and humble and needy. The Lord came for sinners. He, he came to the poorest of the poor here. And, and that's why the Pharisees and Sadducees years later would reject Jesus and his ministry. They were anticipating a king with political power and might. Well, that's where we get to Jesus' second coming. Because when he returns, that's when he returns as the king of kings and lord of lords. But here... Uh, with all these shepherds, it points to Jesus' life where he is the good shepherd who takes care of his people, his sheep, as he calls them. And so it's fitting, very fitting, that shepherds would be then the first type of people that get to hear the gospel message. That is fantastic. And Nathan, and also I love the glimpse there uh, here that we notice. In other words, his mission, what he came to do the savior but i also love nathan the uh, parallel story found in matthew uh, chapter one if we can turn there quickly just in case someone doesn't have a bible because it also gives us more details regarding jesus why he came what was prophesied and matthew chapter one beginning on verse 18 fills in some other wonderful details nathan would you be able to uh, take for us there chapter one verses uh, 18 through 22 and Absolutely. i'll read the now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. By, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. Or Ooh, verse, you know. and, and now, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him 
and took him his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth the firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Nathan, what a wonderful story. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I was just got so excited that I kept reading. Yeah, no, man, that's great. I mean, here we get two names prophesied for Jesus. Jesus, which means Savior or salvation, which so his very name is, is what his mission is, what his purpose is. And we also Emmanuel, God with us. It pointed to his deity, the fact that Jesus is the second of the Trinity, of the Godhead. And so, yeah, we get in a little more details here from Matthew's account. Um, we get uh, Joseph's kind of side of the story, because at that time period, I mean, who's going to believe that a virgin— gets birth by uh, or gets pregnant by the Holy Spirit. I mean, that was scandalous at the time. Matter of fact, the Jewish people had every legal right to stone Mary to death for her considered infidelity. It could have been that a Roman guard or a Roman soldier had raped her or she had uh, had premarital sex with Joseph. But that wasn't the case here. Uh, this dream was enough to make Joseph not legally separate her, which was even considered divorce at that time, but to take her as his wife though not to consummate it until after Jesus was born. So that also means that not only was Mary a virgin to give birth, but she did not remain a retro virgin as many Catholics teach afterwards. And that's a very good point because we notice there verse 25, it says, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Emmanuel. And we read through the gospel and we know that they had other children. Uh, Mary. So I, I love that. That is a very good a point there where people try to put Mary in a place that really, biblically speaking, she's not. No, you stick to the, what the Bible says. If someone's telling you that Mary was a perpetual virgin, then you're right. You go right to verse 25 here. He did not know her until, which means eventually he did. I, Jesus had four brothers. Uh, two, three of them became followers and authors of biblical books of the Bible. We know he had at least two sisters because they use sisters plural. These are half sisters and half brothers, of course. But uh, so, yeah, so Mary did not stay a perpetual virgin, but Mary is not the focus of this story, which many people, unfortunately, put the focus on Mary. She was a servant of the Lord. She was humble about it. She acted as a servant of the Lord. The focus, again, was always on Jesus, her son. And Nathan, and the important thing, that, again, that we want individuals to focus and take away from this is, again, verse 21, and she, she it says, she brought forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. In other words, this is why Jesus came. This is what Christmas is all about. Not only that, but verse 23 says, behold, the virgin shall be with child, bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated, translated God with us. And in the Gospel of John chapter 1, it, it speaks about Jesus, how he came to this earth, walked amongst us, right, Nathan? And John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And all these are pointing to Jesus' earthly ministry. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, this, that's why God came. You know, the sacrificial system was insufficient. It was only a temporary blood covering the death of an animal for the to have to pay for the punishment of our sins and that couldn't last forever that was only a temporary but uh, when jesus came he was the perfect sacrifice he was perfectly both god and man and he could die for our sins and beat death by resurrecting himself from the dead and when we put our faith and trust in jesus as our lord and savior then we too will have our sins forgiven the wrath that was meant for us will have passed over us and onto jesus and we will inherit eternal life with him. That is the ultimate gift.
That is amazing. And that's why, Nathan, you know, one of the greatest gifts that we want to offer you that are part of this program today is if you don't know the Lord, why not accept this free gift this Christmas? Allow the Holy Spirit to work in you and that he would manifest himself to you like he did to those here in the word of God. And Nathan, maybe someone is part of this program, but they do not have a relationship with the Lord. Would you be able to share with them how they can receive this gift this Christmas? Absolutely. Well, Vic read for you John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal or everlasting or eternal life. But verse 17 continues, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, this is fascinating because what it means is that we need Jesus Christ. We need salvation from our sins. Our sins send us to hell. That is the just punishment for our rebellion against God. And so we need to look to Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice, and put our faith and trust in him, and then our sins will be forgiven. So if you haven't done that yet and you're ready to, then respond in faith and in prayer. Pray something like, Lord Jesus, I I, I'm a sinner. I'm so sorry for my sin. Please forgive me and become the Lord and Savior of my life. Your sins will be forgiven. Your guilt will be washed away and you will inherit eternal life with him. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan. And if you pray that prayer, we would love to hear from you. Nathan and I love feedback. Feel free to give us a call or text us 305-992-9537. We'd love to send you a Bible and a Bible study guide so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. But not only that, also find a good Bible teaching church. Let them know you accept the Lord and be baptized and you're going to be blessed. Nathan, we love that. That's why you and I do this program is to give people an opportunity to come to Jesus this weekend, we had someone at our ministry come to know the Lord, and at the same time, we were able to do their baptism. And, it, and it's just a joyful thing when people come to Christ. Amen, brother. Well, Merry Christmas to you all. Thank you, Nathan. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. We want to thank you all for being part of the program. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, say Merry Christmas. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>